This is Phil from Costa Mesa, California, and I never listen to I Doubt It with Dalamore. The following broadcast may contain free thinking and open-minded discussion, ideas, skepticism, and adult subject matter. Topics will be discussed using adult language, sometimes gratuitously. Get ready to move the conversation forward. This ain't your granddad's news and comment show. This is I Doubt It with Dalamore. All right, everyone. Thank you for joining us and welcome to this episode 317 of I Doubt It with Dalamore. I am your host, Jesse Dalamore. And sitting across from me, that independent lady on this Independence Day, Brittany Page. Wow. <laughs> Look at you. Goddamn, I'm dumb. All excited. So it is Independence Day here in the United States, or it will be in a few hours. I just want to take this opportunity to thank all of the service members. Oh, goddamn. <laughs> I thought you were going to say something that didn't piss me off. I... Why would I do that? Come on now. Here's here's the deal. Well, one, this is going to be kind of we we were going to take the day off because of the Fourth of July, because of Independence Day. We decided, nah, we're here drinking some drinks, doing some good times, celebrating. We should just do a show. Yes, abbreviated as it might be. Mm. And Brittany and I were having a conversation today, which spurred i believe that comment from oh her. no i was genuine <laughs> that holidays like this end up in america always being an exercise in patriotic masturbation mm. where it's oh god bless the troops everybody oh the troops they're the true heroes yeah memorial day is thanking every vet Mm-hmm. Uh, Veterans Day, yeah, that's what that's for. This is not for thanking people who served in the military. This is for celebrating our independence from Britain. Mm-hmm. That is what the 4th of July, and maybe I'm just getting more curmudgeon as I get older. I think that's likely. But that shit bothers me. Yeah. When I get thanked for my service on Memorial Day, Mm-hmm. Listen, guy. You're not dead yet. I didn't die in service to my country. Yeah. I almost did. (laughs) Yes. Or at least almost turned into a human pogo stick. But... I don't... People... Well, when they... I almost had my leg amputated. Yeah, I'm just saying... That would have turned me into a human pogo stick. It was a funny joke, but I don't feel like it's appropriate to laugh at the joke, so... Well, I was almost crippled. I can make the joke. Okay. That's, yeah. I'm not arguing or, that. Or is it that I wasn't? If I had been made into a human pogo stick, then it would have been appropriate. But because I didn't suffer that fate, it's not appropriate. I am not saying whether or not the comment is wow. appropriate. I'm saying I it makes me a little nervous to laugh at that. Episode 317, everybody. Mm-hmm. Good time. <laughs> so anyway, we had a conversation today. About that. About the whining. About, yeah, about my whining. Yeah. My whining. Yes. About misattribution of appreciation on this mm-hmm. Independence Day. Yeah. Anyway. So how's that, uh, 
How's that Facebook algorithm treating you over there since we were talking about things we talked about today? Uh, yeah. Well, so in that... In that <laughs> I'll just put this back on you. Yeah. In that little thing where you, you go and you look at who added you and it shows people you may know, right? For the past several days, maybe even weeks, I don't know. This guy has been featured at the top of the list. This is somebody you might know. You might want to connect with them on Facebook. Yes. Yeah. And he's the first guy that I ever challenged to a fight. <laughs> oh, it makes me laugh every time. So I kind of wanted to message him. The and be first like, of many or just the first one? Like it, the only time it ever happened. It was not the only time it ever happened. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that was good. Yeah. So it was just the first one, but we didn't end up fighting. What happened was he he made my life miserable all the time in third grade, and I finally had enough. So I wrote him a note, and I said, hey, let's fight tonight. Not tonight. <laughs> let's fight today at lunchtime. Most girls at this age, it's do you want to be my girl, my boyfriend? Yeah. Yes or no. Maybe circle one. Yeah. Isn't that kind of the routine? But Brittany Page, she wanted hand-to-hand combat. <laughs> I also didn't give him, <laughs> him an option. There was no yes, no, maybe. Oh, it was, was just this a direction. is going to happen. Yeah. Meet me in the field during recess. How old? Have you said how old? Third grade. Th- third grade. Yeah. Wow. So I hand him this note and I start telling people. Oh, you didn't even have an emissary bring him the note. No. It was direct... Yeah, I gave it to him. Nice. And then I started telling people, hey, there's going to be a fight at recess. Third grade. Yeah. God and I'm going to beat that guy's ass. <laughs> um, <laughs> and I, I don't think I felt confident, but as I would tell my younger sisters when they had issues, sometimes all it takes is your willingness. Oh, that is true. And that is enough for most people to stop. Right. That is unbelievably true. And that's what happened. He he came out onto the field where I was waiting and... He squashed that shit. And he said, listen, I'm not going to fight you, but uh, I'll stop bullying you. I like that you are you tell the story through the eyes and the memory of an adult. <laughs> right. He comes out there and he says, look, let's be reasonable people, Brittany Page. <laughs> <laughs> Third graders. Yeah. I wonder, though, that, that's an interesting question, is... You you remember it from a third grade perspective. So all right. these years, yeah. you have no other perspective. I wonder if there was an adult, as a fly on the wall, how they would remember the story. Yeah. Because I, like, I had the very first kid I ever punched in the face, since mm-hmm. we're here, this is what we're talking about, Yeah, was named Greg mm-hmm. from elementary school. Sixth grade. And... The moment that I punched him in the face also became the first time I was ever punched in the face. <laughs> and it was a wake-up call. What a memorable day. It's not like the A-team. When, <laughs> when you watch the A-team and there's a lot of face punching going on. Yeah. That was a TV show that was on when I was in sixth grade. Uh, I think people know that. So I, I punched and immediately realized... That doesn't feel good on my hand at all. <laughs> I thought it would be way more satisfactory. Yeah. Like, ah, oh, yeah, resolution. Right. And then immediately, <laughs> Greg, his best friend, uh, Glenn, mm. punched me right in the face. Greg and Glenn. Yeah, and it didn't feel good either. 
little tag team. Well, it wasn't supposed to be. Yeah. But we, Greg and I were both little guys. Oh. And Glenn, I think we were all probably little guys. We're sixth graders. Yeah. But uh, I wonder what that entire scene looks like. I've thought this a lot. Yeah. What did that scene look like through the eyes of an adult? Because I've often, well, I haven't thought about it in maybe 20 years, but right. you mentioned this today. Yeah. I I don't know. Like I said, I mean, I'm sure he didn't come up and listen, you know, I'm going to be reasonable here. But I know that we didn't end up fighting and that he agreed to stop bullying me. And we didn't have any problems after that happened. Hmm. But I was nervous. AF. Yeah. (laughs) I remember my hands were sweaty. I was because I had kind of hyped it up in order to intimidate him further right yeah because <laughs> no one wants to be beat up by a girl you, you really you had the promotion machine in full gear in third grade well that's what i remember that could also be a false memory you have me questioning everything well you were raised to believe a lot of dumb shit that i've had to that's true but i remember talking to this kid in high school about this so we we kind of had a moment yeah where we talked about it again because he was was with me throughout all of the years after that, <laughs> which unfortunate, fortunate, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, listen, uh, because this is going to be an abbreviated show, we're going to forego again voicemails and emails. We'll get to them next time. But for those of you, because I drop the number every time, if you want to call the show, if you want to communicate with us, help us move the conversation forward, agree or disagree, 657 464 7609, or of course, you can always email a voice memo from your smartphone to I doubt it at dollamore.com. So, one idea that Brittany and I are actually tossing around is to do a live call in show using the Google Voice number yeah. that we have, where Brittany and I would just sit here at the, at the studio mm-hmm. desk and uh, dick around on the internet, do what we're doing, and then wait for people to call in. Yep. And then Take the call, take the question, sit and have a conversation briefly. I would say no more than five minutes or so because we want to move things along and uh, see how that goes. So maybe we'll do that tomorrow, 4th of July. I don't know what kind of response we would have. I think a lot of people are like us. They don't do a lot of shit. They're not going out to the craziness. <laughs> but we'll see. Maybe it'll be the next Why day. Why are you insulting the audience? What do you mean? I think a lot of the listeners, they aren't doing anything. Well, I don't think we're special in that. Oh, I haven't talked about that we're not doing anything. But I don't think that we're special in that we don't really want to brave the crowds and deal with the bullshit. Mm-hmm. Like a lot of people are like us. Yeah. So there'd be a lot of people who would be, oh, yeah. I'll give a call. Yeah. <laughs> Whatever that was. So follow um, the Twitter account and the Facebook account for a posting about it. Because it might be tomorrow. It might be the next day. We will see. So before we move on to doll democracy and talking about politics, I want to talk about the Catholic Church and this high-ranking Vatican cardinal, number three-ranking individual at the Vatican, accused of historical sexual abuse of children. He's the third most powerful man at the Vatican, but tonight Cardinal George Pell is a defendant in a criminal case. I'm innocent of these charges. They are false. 
Police making the bombshell announcement in Pell's native Australia overnight. Cardinal Pell is facing multiple charges in respect to historic sexual offences and there are multiple complainants relating to those charges. The Cardinal is now taking a leave of absence. The Vatican said Pope Francis regretted news of the charges for decades-old actions. The details of the charges against Pell haven't been made public because of a gag order in Australia. And aside from the morning statement, the Cardinal himself, who lives here just steps from the Vatican, has stayed behind closed doors. The whole truth and nothing but the truth. Pell was already on the defensive last year, testifying he made mistakes handling sexual abuse claims against priests in Australia. I regret that I didn't do more. The Catholic Church has been rocked by sex abuse scandals for two decades. Pope Francis promised zero tolerance for priests who commit crimes. We will truly feel healing and vindicated when the truth is exposed in the Vatican and survivors no longer have to do all of the heavy lifting. Tonight, the church abuse scandal reaching the very heart of the Vatican. Kelly Cabiella, NBC News, Rome. Zero tolerance, Brittany Page. Zero tolerance. That is why he was allowed to keep his position while accused. He was going to be allowed to keep his position until he stepped down from it. And the Catholic Church once again turns a blind eye to monstrous child abusers, rapists. And this man isn't a parish priest. He's a goddamn cardinal. If this pope was to die tomorrow, it's the cardinals that gather at the conclave and choose amongst themselves who will be the next pope. So he's technically being third in line, heading up the the Vatican financing. He is, he could be a pope. Mm -hmm. And let let me also say this, that yes, these are allegations and he is innocent until proven guilty in a court of law. But let's all talk real about this. The authorities in Australia are not going to bring a child rape case into a court. They're not going to charge him, a man of his stature, of cultural importance, not just political importance. Mm-hmm. He's the third highest ranking Catholic on the planet, they're not going to bring a case unless it's fucking rock solid. Believe you me. Well, Pope Francis also brought Cardinal Pale onto his powerful council called the Council of Cardinals, a nine-person group that wields enormous power. (laughs) They're just not very creative. Yeah. It's the Council of Cardinals. Yeah. (laughs) Um, and, And Pope Francis, right, said verbally... Uh, indicated that he would be different on this issue yeah. than uh, Benedict, right? Yeah, or Pope John Paul II. And he he hasn't. Not at all. He elevated Pale to a, a, a high position, and he is allowing him to take this leave, which Pale thanked him for, said thank you, to the Pope for allowing me the opportunity to leave and go back to Australia. Right. And 
I mean, Pale has made comments where I, I have the, the the full backing of the Pope has said things like this, mm-hmm. and this is concerning because even before he had been accused himself, he admitted when he testified before some some council that he quote made enormous mistakes in failing to remove priests accused of abuse. This is Pale, right? He was he uh, Cardinal Pell was in he, he was in a position to shuffle priests from parish to parish around the country and around the globe when there was an accusation of of child rape. Covering up the problem, moving a priest to another place where he could victimize fresh blood. A whole set of parishioners who were unaware of the monster that these priests were. So a lot of people within the church that work to advocate on behalf of survivors of this abuse, they have a problem with the way that Pope Francis has been handling this. Right, right. They don't believe that his actions match what he has said about wh- what his goals are here. So well, you, this, can, this, you can say whatever you want, but if you're not actually behaving in a way yeah. that advances this goal, that... that helps survivors that benefits survivors that that gets rid of people like this that doesn't protect them that protects the victims then quit talking about it yeah just because you have a high powered um on the level aggressive uh public relations campaign doesn't mean you're doing anything fucking different and that seems to be the case with this catholic church with this pope right he he's got great numbers of popularity people love this guy because he's different he washes the feet of criminals and the homeless and he seems to be a a loving guy he's taking on global warming uh gives liberals all all a flitter if that's a word is it a flutter a twitter uh whatever you prefer (laughs) but these these groups these victim advocates are also criticizing pope francis because of his Emphasis on mercy and how the Lord is merciful. And they don't like that he talks about this all the time because that really seems to be clouding his judgment here. Yeah. yeah well, because you can worry about mercy later. Well, okay? mer- mercy, that's in a, a cosmic sense. Yeah. The Lord being merciful is that he's not going to condemn you to hell. Yeah. Mercy isn't a justice thing. Justice needs to be served Otherwise, there's no mercy for the victim. Right. And, well, that's what I'm saying. Mercy can wait until these people who are abusing children are handled. Yeah. Get them away from the kids. Get them out of their position of power. They need to be prosecuted in a secular court of law. Yeah. Okay? This isn't punishment at the Vatican. Okay? Well, that's what makes me want to follow this and see where this goes. Because, one, Cardinal Pell has has dual citizenship. If the the Vatican chooses to hide him, they could do that. Because the Vatican is its own country. He has a passport from the Vatican to travel. Uh, Let's wait and see what what happens after he, he... If he is convicted of this, he needs to be defrocked. Have his title taken from him. Any retirement benefits taken from him. And he needs to serve out the rest of his time, of his life, behind bars. As the filthy child rapist criminal 
that he likely is. Well, and I'm I'm sick of the praise of Pope Francis too. Please. I've been talking about that for years. Read about his track record here with how he handles these cases and it is not good. No. I mean, it's it's probably not as bad as Joseph Ratzinger, but it, it's still not good. And and he said that he would be better on this issue and he's not. So uh, enough with the praise. <laughs> Right. This seems like one of the most important issues, one of the most important things to get right. And he's failing colossally. I mean, right. well, I scream about it all the time and I try to come up with different words and different phrases to to demonstrate my anger and seething vitriol that I have for this organization because it fails to protect the most innocent among us day after day. When men like Pell are allowed to stay... and Listen, don't kid yourself that no one knew about this. He works with all these people, and allegations have never come up over the course of his many, many, many years as a lowly parish priest all the way up to cardinal. There's no fucking way that's the way it works. There are signs. There is talk. There are rumors. People know. And the Vatican stays silent because it would rather protect its reputation than protect children, innocent babies. It's disgusting. Wow, it's kind of tough to, it's, it's tough to transition to anything that's not heavy when you're talking about shit like this well, I don't think it's that tough because I I was started tuning you out and then I think that other people did too wow let's hope not <laughs> as long as you keep downloading I don't really care if you tune out well when you start yelling I just uh... yelling who's yelling I guess I may have been yelling <laughs> <laughs> support for I doubt it with Dollamore comes from generous engaged intelligent and good looking listeners like you by way of Patreon. Your support on Patreon for as little as a dollar a month helps keep the show going and move the conversation forward one podcast at a time. If you would like to join the ever-growing family of supporters, please visit patreon.com slash I doubt it with Dollamore. Wayne. Wayne. And Walter. And Walter. Yeah. Maybe we're going to go through a period like we did a few months ago where it was a bunch of J names, and now we're switching to W names. That would be fantastic. W. Yeah. Not W. Well, I don't know. W. I don't know if we talked about it on the show. Wayne we, and Walter. We talked about it on... Walter and Wayne. Thank you, Wayne and Walter. <laughs> we really appreciate you, Walter and Wayne. So, we have a map. We have a map that we got. We do have a map. And we haven't talked about it because, well, you can't see it. But <laughs> on the Patreon imagine, Google Hangout... Imagine a giant map of the United States. Yes. So we do a monthly Patreon-only Google Hangout for a certain level tier. I think it's $5 or more. Yeah, I think so. And when we were on the call, everyone noticed the map because it was directly behind us. They said, oh, what's this map? Well, we bought this giant map and went through the tedious... Anyway, process of God putting damn. in pins where each of our Patreon supporters live. And it was actually 
amazing to do. Unfortunately, it's not a world map, so many of our... Well, we're going to get that. I'm going to get a European map. Yeah, um, yeah, to include everybody. But in terms of what we have now, we have a lot of listeners in Georgia, which, which was surprising. Very surprising. And what were the other most common? Well, a lot up and down the eastern seaboard. Kentucky, Tennessee, Indiana, Ohio. That's I have a studio light that's blocking the rest of it, but... Uh, obviously California and Idaho. We have a, a strong presence in Seattle and Boise. Mm-hmm. But it's nice to be able to visualize and see yeah. where the action is. Yes. There's states like Wyoming that I think is a, is a big zero. Yeah, Montana, I think Montana as Montana well. Montana might be a, a big fuck you. Yeah. And uh, there's like one lone Albuquerque or someone in... Uh, yeah. I think I know who that is. Mm-hmm. I, I, I don't want to say because I, I don't want to be wrong. <laughs> Yeah. So the one time that I'm care about not wanting to be wrong, Brittany. Yeah. Like last time when I said that Kansas borders Texas, completely brain farting on the goddamn Oklahoma panhandle. You could have just looked at the map as well. It's right Again, there. Again, studio light right in my face. Um, that's that's no excuse. It's no excuse. Sir. Right, right. Although I do want to say, because I made a post on Facebook asking people what they've recently changed their mind about mm. and if they would share it with me, what it was, when it happened, and why did it happen? I got a lot of good feedback. I also got some private messages for people who didn't want to publicly say what it was. Yeah. And I felt myself changing my mind about something I said on the last episode. Just that quick, huh? Well, yeah. Well, what was it? Um, Brian Kareem at the press conference. Mm, the Playboy guy. Yeah. What? What? What did you change your mind about? Have you adopted my way of thinking? Uh, I don't want to say that. Um, <laughs> of course you don't. I haven't fully changed my mind about it, but I don't think that I would. Um, what do you describe? Viciously defend him. Uh, so my position on the last episode, if you're just starting with this episode, hello, welcome, <laughs> was that Brian Kareem, who took Sarah Huckabee Sanders to task during the press conference last week, um, interrupted her and said, that was inflammatory what you just said. How right. can you do this? This is your job. You need to answer our questions. Uh, I thought it was awesome. I thought it was something that was needed because yeah. they just lie constantly and they need to be called out. A lot of people did. You weren't alone. But I'm starting to think that maybe it wasn't the best way to do it. What, and, what changed your mind? Uh, listening to people talk about it, hmm. various shows, various opinions, and just... But not me. No, <laughs> definitely not you. And... <laughs> Just kind of, I don't know, thinking about it and and really... I get no respect around here. You, yeah. Well, Definitely not. <laughs> it, was part, it was part of your argument, I would say, but maybe it didn't come from you. Well, I don't even have a, a, a solid argument about it. I just feel it rubbed me the wrong way, the, the way it went down. Yeah. It seemed more dickish than genuine. Yeah. I do want to say that I have been really inspired by the response to the status. And if you haven't and you want to share, you can write into the show, too, if, if you want to talk about, um, you know, what you've changed your mind about. When was the last time you changed your mind? What was it and what prompted the change? Or go find your public 
Facebook post. Yeah, and on comment on it page. because it's really inspiring. I see a lot of people, especially on social networks, when they're interacting with their friends, say, I will never change my mind on yeah, this. Yeah. You're talking to a wall. Like, they'll just admit well, it. We've Listen, we've had people, multiple people, tell us that the reason they started listening to the show is they they watched and read your Facebook interactions with people. And there was one time where you changed your mind. You said, you know what? That is a great argument. Or maybe it was that you admitted you were wrong about something. I admitted I was wrong. And that is what led them to the show. Yeah. That's that right there. That is awesome. Yeah. <laughs> well, no, it's uh, listen, I'm wrong all the goddamn time. I don't claim to be have some stranglehold on the truth or some some kung fu grip on on understanding shit. We're all f- fucking fumbling around in the dark trying to figure out the way to do shit and think about shit. And I'm no different. Maybe I talk a little bit more forcefully about what I believe at the time. But those opinions that I speak so forcefully about can change given evidence, given new information. Yeah. Well, I also feel like the more that I learn, the more I realize how stupid it is. Yeah, you've said that before be so dogmatic in whatever position that you might have, you know? Well, it's the smarter you get, the more realization you come to about just how little you know. Yeah, and then I get really frustrated because I... I have been pegged as kind of this elitist intellectual by certain types. That's a weird. That's a weird thing that gets leveled. That accusation gets leveled at you on Facebook. In in, I've never heard it said in public or in, you know in face to face to you, but it is certainly something you hear a lot that I I don't understand. Well, it comes from like people that I went to high school with, you know, huh. and and I get frustrated because what does that mean? Does that mean that I I read books? And you fucking elitist. And they haven't read a book since high school, you know. And I, I don't want to be. I know that sounds rude, but it's it's hard for me to hear. And and yeah, I can hear the music. I wonder if people think that I can't hear it, and I'm just like talking like everything's normal. <laughs> but I'm just so used to it now. Um, it it I I get frustrated because I think to myself. Why am I having a conversation with someone who doesn't even come close to having an informed opinion? Yeah. And I don't want to dismiss people out of hand, but honestly, if if you're just regurgitating information that your parents told you when you were 18 and now it's over a decade later, like it's time to maybe update some information in that brain. Challenge your own beliefs. Yeah. Let me tell you. It does wonders for you. I am proof positive of that. Well, and who's right about everything from the beginning? Come on now. I'll tell you. If you're, if you have, I'll tell you who's right from the beginning. If you're, oh, Trump, uh, baby, we got some Hillary bitches on here. Come on, baby. <laughs> oh, no. Trump, Trump, Brittany. Yeah. Trump. Yeah. Trump. Anyway. We're, this is kind of what happened. You, I don't know. You started talking about yeah, this. Yeah, I needed to talk, you guys. That's all the fuck we need. <laughs> all right. Oh. Let's let's move on. Anyway, we love you guys. Thank you for your support and Patreon and PayPal and buying shit on Amazon. We love you guys all. 
you mean the world to us and we there's no way to i need to come up with new shit to say but it's just it's genuine when i say how much we appreciate our audience and we love connecting to you guys we love you know our patreon calls are awesome they're always a very good time and uh we just you guys we have a special place in our heart or i'll speak for myself i can't speak for britney's cold dead heart but mine, mine is warm and open we love you guys. Mine's more warm and open. That's what she said. Dilemocracy. <laughs> Facing down pessimistic politics with realistic optimism. So we've talked about this voter commission that has been headed up by the Secretary of State of Kansas. The state of Kansas. Kobach is his name. And they are requesting information from all 50 states that uh, it seems like, we talked about it last time, that his insane Mika Brzezinski and Joe Scarborough tweets seem to be distracting from the work of the commission. So we talked about it. Well, now all of this information that they're, that they're seeking from the states seems to be a problem for a lot of states. Right. And this is primarily because of the information that is being requested. So as we mentioned on the last episode, they have concerns about voter fraud, right? So they want all that's, of that's this information. The, that's the claim. But in addition to names and whatever else they're requesting, they want military status yeah. and party affiliation. And political party. So why would party affiliation be relevant to voter fraud investigations. Yeah. Well, it's not just us who are questioning this. Many states are resisting the call for this information, including Republican ones. And there's one other subject I want to bring up, which is um, the Voter Fraud Commission mm -hmm. out of the White House making requests to states uh, to turn over all sorts of voter uh, data. Uh, there's been a rebellion, not just by Democratic secretaries of state, but Republican secretaries of state as well. Mm -hmm. Here is your secretary of state. Are you not from Kentucky originally? You yes, sir. Okay. Here's your secretary of state, the Democrat, Allison Lundgren Grimes. The president's tweets, 140 characters at a time, though, they're breaking down our democracy. And there comes a point when you say no. This is not only a request to try to justify a lie the president has put forth, but this isn't about party. This is about the personal privacy of voters. Listen, you're the former secretary of state uh, of mm -hmm. the great state of Missouri. Um, what's your response to the president's request? What do you think? Well, this would be unprecedented. It is absolutely you know, a matter of having a whole lot of private information that could very quickly become public. Uh, but it's also, you know, you've got to look at the fact that they're asking for things like political party. I mean, it, it becomes pretty clear that what has happened is that something that started out as the biggest lie that a sitting president has ever told, that millions of illegal voters voted in the election, that formed and became this commission that was supposed to justify and, and, and sort of make legitimate that ridiculous lie. And that has creeped into this, which is looking a lot more like voter suppression and like a power grab to go after this kind of information. I mean, just look at the fact that Secretary Kobach, who made the request in his capacity with the commission, in his capacity as Secretary of State of Kansas, has said he can't fully comply with the request. Well, well, this is because of the state privacy laws, and no state right, should violate the their state privacy laws. But I think you get two different groups when it comes to people that don't want to comply. The resist Trump, and then those that say we will comply only if it fits our laws. But I think we have to go back Actually, and look at in 2010, 
in 2010 uh, with the voter fraud and the acorn situation and the guilty pleas and the convictions there. Do, do you think that the president's there, right? Yeah, this right should right. have been done look, earlier. Well, it should have been done earlier. Look, Donald Trump never misses an opportunity to miss an opportunity. We could improve voting in the United States. On my side, we're very concerned about voter suppression. We're very concerned that you have a bunch of laws being passed that even courts say are targeting African Americans. Let's talk about that. We're also on our side very concerned about the fact that you do have uh, the Voting Rights Act, which needs to be looked okay. at again. So if we want to have talk, a conversation about voting, let's talk about it. But let's very, not do very it quickly, way. Scott. Yeah, look, there are 24 million people, according to Pew, that are on the voter rolls in this country, uh, either fraudulently, not valid, or But they're inaccurate. not voting. <clears throat> there are almost 2 yeah, million people right. on the rolls that are dead. There are people in the federal jail in Kentucky that voted illegally in elections. It's not true. And tried to, it is true. Yes, it there is are true. people in jail for, yes, for true, voting man. illegally. But here's the and point. Here's the point. Pew has a study that has the voter rolls need to be cleaned up. The NCSL has issued guidelines to states. It strikes me that the way to handle Neither this is Pew instead of... Neither Pew or the NCSO agrees with anything that's being instead, done by this commission. Instead of, so you're instead, of a, instead of a top-down commission, though, I do think cooperation between state and federal governments could help clean up and the... Local. Okay. I wish there was a rule for TV that when you mention a report of some type, Pew Research says... Give the name of the report and yeah. like the month and the year. Yeah, yeah. So that people that are watching can immediately go fact check your claim. All right. Well, Brittany, listen, here's the deal. You want this rule in place. I hereby declare a new rule for uh, cable news. Yeah. Spread the word, everybody. That is the new rule. If you catch people breaking the rule, we're calling it Brittany's rule. They're going to be in trouble. Wow. Big trouble. Yeah. <laughs> I just I have a hard time believing that everything he claimed that was in this Pew Research report was actually in the Pew Research report. Well, even the media has its own problem with reporting on statistics and data and science but and research. Didn't he claim though that Pew Research like took a position? Yeah. And like there was implication. Yes. I don't think that they do that. That isn't what they do. So like they don't say Oh, yeah. There's this is a, a problem. There's a problem in the Muslim world because so many of, uh, of Muslims practicing across the, the, the globe believe that apostasy should be faced with death. They don't make that determination. They just say, look, we asked a bunch of people. Here's the results. You decide. They're, they're not a, a, a think tank, a policy organization. Yeah. That's not what they do. Well, so... I also want want to comment on what he, what that guy said his claim. Oh, so please. about the people being on the rolls that are dead, and then about um, fraudulent. Yeah, fraudulently. I wrote down that was my main problem. Fraudulent, invalid, and then a third thing that he said. Those are different, right? Well, duplicate. Well, here here's here's the thing. And when you hear people talk about this, and when you hear dickholes like this guy who used to work for George W. Bush. Talk about the voter rolls and voter registration in this country. You need to have some level of understanding of how things work. Elections are done via the Constitution, constitutionally organized state by state. Each state has a role to play to run its own elections, both state elections and federal. The state controls its own system. That's why... You've got a couple of states that do proportionate electoral college uh, delegate voting. You've got most that just go by congressional district. 
You got others that have different systems. It's because it's a state-by-state thing. Because we aren't a federal country. We are the United States. 50 states that are united together to make the country. And when he uses words like fraudulent, first, he wants to establish that that in your ear that, oh, that it might be fraudulent. And like I talked about last time, so if you're just joining us, I, maybe I'll be repeating myself to some people, but it could be very likely that I'm, regi- listen, I've lived in over 10 states in the country, and it's very likely that I'm registered in several of them. But that's not fraudulent. It doesn't mean I'm voting in those states. I'm only voting here. It, and he's leading you to believe that because people are, are registered in multiple states, that that's a problem. It's a problem worth investigating. And it's not. It is normal course of a state playing catch up, trying to find out the people who don't live there anymore. Because with voting, you want to be careful not to purge an active, legitimate voter from the rolls and make it difficult for them when they actually, if the state was wrong, and then you got Jesse Dollimore showing up on Tuesday in November, and he says, hey, I'm here to vote. And they say, oh, we thought you moved. You're not on the rolls anymore. That's a problem. So a lot of states... They play it safe, and they keep the people on the rolls until they're absolutely sure that they're gone. Well, I want to meet these people that are strategically registering in multiple states and taking the time to... dead people. Yeah. Well, and taking the time to fraudulently vote in different states, like that takes a lot of energy. Right. Um, That's why it doesn't happen. That would be... I mean, how much time would that take? Well, you'd have to find out if you're registered first first of all, after having registered in another state. I mean, it's this entire commission is bullshit and it's just they're showing their hand because it's something that Trump dreamed up and you know, he dreams up dumb shit. Ultimately is is what it, it is. It's still confusing to me because he won. Has anyone asked any any Trump supporters this question, why they're concerned about this when he won? Also, why are they concerned about voter fraud, but they're not concerned about Russia meddling in the election? Which is something I don't have on the slate to talk about, but Trump, within a week, is going to be talking to Vladimir Putin at the G20 summit. And you know what subject is not on the docket? is not going to be brought up with Vladimir Putin in a face-to-face meeting between these two world leaders. Yeah. They're they're meddling in our election because Donald Trump is a goddamn coward who even when he met with the president of Mexico didn't have what it took to say, hey, we're building a wall and you guys are going to pay for it. He's so conflict-diverse, he couldn't even do that. He's certainly not going to stand up to his Russian overlord and tell and, and question him about the, the hacking and the meddling and the undermining of our democracy. So, the other idiotic thing related to Donald Trump this week is more fucking ridiculous tweets. 
We woke up the other day to Donald Trump having tweeted some anti-Semitic, Jew-hating Reddit user in a video that they posted where Donald Trump is WWE pro-wrestling. It's a clip of him when he used to do that. Uh, that in and of itself is just fucking insane. It was an episode where it was the battle of the billionaires and uh, Donald Trump had a wrestler to represent him and then Vince McMahon, who is the leader of the WWE, uh, had a wrestler to represent him and so their wrestlers fought, but then Trump's wrestler won and so then Vince McMahon had to shave his head and so then Donald Trump started beating up Vince McMahon. But instead, in this video, Vince McMahon's head is covered by the CNN logo. Yeah. So rather than fighting Vince McMahon, Donald Trump is uh, body slamming CNN. White trash. And <laughs> that, that clip is from Wedding Crashers. And it's all I could think about when I saw this tweet. White trash. Because, I mean, I'm... I'm because that's what we have for president. I'm really to the point where I, I don't have words. And it's really unfortunate because we have a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> and I should be able to say something about this. But it's, I mean, it's really getting to the point where... This is embarrassing and It is embarrassing. It's it's very embarrassing. And then you talk about Donald Trump going to meet with world leaders when he's trolling Reddit like a troll and yeah. posting videos from some guy who really is a racist. He posts racist things under his Han asshole solo or whatever his name is. Yeah, I think that's it. And when he found out that Donald Trump tweeted this, he said something about like God, uh, God emperor, God emperor retweeted me. I'm so thankful or whatever he said. Yeah. And this is what people think about this guy. God damn. Well, listen, uh, as you would suspect, Donald Trump's sycophants were dispatched to the cable news circuit to justify what Donald Trump did rather than put their head in their hands and weep because there's no way to look at Donald Trump and not think. White trash. Uh, here's Kaylee McEnany. The, uh, the smarter version of Tommy Laren is really what she is. The Harvard-educated version of Tommy Laren. Mm-hmm. All right, let's talk more about all of this now with our panel, CNN's senior media correspondent, Brian Stelter, CNN politics commentators, Kaylee McEnany and Sally Cohn. All right, good to see all of you. All right, so Kaylee, I would love to hear from you first then on your response to President Trump tweeting that smackdown of CNN. What do you think? Look, you know, I, I think it was intended as a tongue-in-cheek satirical video, um, nothing serious, and it might have made some people in his face laugh. But I think one of the most effective things that President Trump could do to win over kind of those moderate middle-of-the-road voters who, by the way, don't trust the media, which has the lowest approval rating in ever Gallup-recorded history, the way to reach those people is with facts, is to point out that Friday night, the Associated Press had to t roll back a story, and they did it conveniently right before... <laughs> Everyone went off for the 4th of July weekend. They reported on a fake meeting between the EPA administrator and between Dow Chemical to try to make him look bad. That media never happened. They put out a, a clarification. They likewise put out another clarification on another story conveniently right before the holiday weekend. So I think using so, facts is the most effective way to bring this fight out. 
So, so Kaylee, you believe that is the impetus for the president uh, sending out that video uh, in this, uh, you know, you want to call it comical view of the president in this smackdown of CNN. And um, he has every right in which to do so. We, we heard from Bossert who says, you know, he's been beaten up sort of as justification. Why then can't the president beat up the media? Is that what we're saying? Look, it, wouldn't, it wasn't advisable. I wouldn't have advised him to send that out. But what I would say is he does have a right to fight back. Bossert is absolutely right to say that. He was called on, on one liberal show on MSNBC, The Morning Show. He was called a thug, a goon. He was called unbalanced. He was called not well before he ever sent out anything attacking them. Mm -hmm. Likewise, he was called Hitlerian by another host on MSNBC. And yet another host called for the assassination of his son-in-law, saying that President Trump should take a playbook from Mussolini. So when you have the press out there saying things like this, he has a right to fight back, and nothing he has said has, has been anywhere as harsh as being a Hitler comparison or being called for the assassination of his son-in-law, Jared Kushner. Uh. White trash. So um, something that's bothering me is one of the lines of defense um, that, that they are sent out with is the media's mistakes. Yeah. And when they need to retract a story or when they need to provide clarification or when they need but to no, fix an error. No focus on the fact that there is a retraction or a clarification. Right. Never is there that from the White House. No. And you will not see Donald Trump admit he is wrong. In Ever. fact, he brags about the fact that he doesn't apologize, I, I think. Oh, yeah. That's a point of pride for him. So... The fact that the media reports a story and gets it wrong on a very rare <laughs> occasion, it that's a meaningless argument. It also wasn't a response to what she was asked. It's a distraction. And also, I'm I'm kind of confused by this and and we've been talking about this of what is the press. So, I don't know that I would say uh when Mike Huckabee had his show that he was a member of the press. And, yeah, this is some. We've had some consternation about this, you and I. And I don't know if some of the hosts that Kaylee McEnany is referring to, I would say, are members of the press. Yeah, I don't know. I just are they journalists or are they commentators? I don't know. I'm that line seems blurry to me a but little bit. I have a problem with it because. If, if if and I I consider if you're invited on by a legitimate news source, for instance, if Jake Tapper and I'm going to play a clip after this, two clips away, <laughs> of Donnie Deutsch, who no longer is an employee of NBC, but he is on an NBC an MSNBC news show, and he's saying things that are unkind, we'll say, to the president of the United States, Donald Trump. So, uh, because he's invited by the news agency, they need to be accountable for the things he says. You know what I mean? But it, is he press? No. But is he... Yeah, I don't know. It's hard. Yeah. I, I, don't, I don't even know really how I feel about it. Right, so... But, but it's a definitely... A, it's an important but also difficult question. Yeah, so if anyone has thoughts on that or knows, please educate us. And maybe we're not even making fucking sense. You, Our, here, here's the deal, Brittany. Here is the deal. <laughs> the other day, Brittany and I were talking about Fox and Friends on good old Fox News. Yeah. 
And I was saying that they were in a news program. That's with Brian that were, Kilmeade, Ainsley right. Earhart, and Steve Ducey. Steve Ducey. That they, and, and Ainsley Earhart. What about the country? majority? Okay, the so majority. tired of protecting the minority. And we were specifically talking about Steve Ducey and whether he was a journalist. And I called him a journalist, a reporter uh, in the media. Yeah. And you pushed back on that. Now, just because he's a dumb guy... <laughs> doesn't mean he's not a member of the media and in yeah. hosting a a news program a program that reports on the news yeah so it, it is a difficult yeah question. i think that i think that's a i think that might be where i'm going wrong <laughs> honestly I are think you that, changing your mind no i i still don't know the answer to this no, question I, 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 and i, I want I someone either. to answer because what is the press i need to know i yeah I don't watch Morning Joe, so I don't really know. I know that they have journalists on that show. Yeah, yeah. Like, is Joe Scarborough that, considered a journalist? Is he's Mika? a former congressman? I, I wouldn't call him a journalist. That that show is certainly commentary, but they do have like Mark Halperin, right, and g- gentlemen like that on. Yeah, to provide context from a more straight newsman type of perspective right and so then i guess maybe the conversation should be if morning joe is an official news program should they mind their mouth with the thug and the goon and that kind of talk because you don't hear jake tapper saying that kind of stuff that is right so i guess that's where i'm confused too it would be although it would feel really good to hear jake tapper talk like that it would be inappropriate because that's a judgment call. That's not straight reporting of the news and letting the the public make up their mind as to what kind of a vulgar shitbag Donald Trump is. White trash. Right. So I guess that's where I'm having a hard time is that everyone is being lumped under this umbrella term press when they're all so different. It's... Very yeah. different personalities, very different ways with which they comport themselves. I sure, yeah. Uh, I don't know. Seriously, if you have an opinion, we would love to hear it. 657-464-7609. Of course, email, voice memo, smartphone, I doubt it at dollamore.com. Let's get to this next clip of Tom Price, the Health and Human Services Secretary, being asked a question. And of course, he wants to talk about his purview, which is healthcare and what's happening right now with the healthcare bill and the debacle that's going on in the Senate. And it, it is not, not normal for him to expect to not answer a question about his boss making official statements. The White House has admitted that everything Donald Trump tweets is an official statement from the President of the United States so why would they not ask a high-level cabinet secretary to comment on a statement from the president? And this conversation is maddening. Sworn into office. Let me ask you about the tone of the president's tweets. Many Republicans in the Senate condemned the, uh, the personal attack on Mika Brzezinski um, and, and attacking her on her looks. You had Lindsey Graham saying it was beneath the office. Ben Sass, this isn't normal. Jeff Flake, beneath the dignity of the presidency. Susan has to stop. Lisa Murkowski begging, this has to stop. Um, does his behavior bother you? 
Well, what I'm concentrated on is, is the job that he's given me, and that is to make certain that we fulfill the mission of the Department of Health and Human Services, which is to improve the health, safety, and well-being of the American people. And there are a whole array of activities that we're undertaking. One of them is this piece of legislation that's in the Senate right now. But my job is consumed by making certain that we fulfill the mission I, at the department. I, I, I'm just asking you as a father, if your son tweeted about a woman like that, what would you say to him? Chuck, you know, I, this is really remarkable. You've got incredible challenges across this nation, incredible challenges around the world. The challenge that I've been given is to address the health care issues. And, and, and your program, a program with the incredible history of Meet the Press, and, and, and that's what you want to talk about? I, I Let don't. Let me just suggest uh, to you that the American people want to talk about the challenges. I'm asking Let me just you suggest why you the that president the American of the United want... Mr. Secretary, with all due respect, you're blaming me for what the President of the United States has spent his entire week focused on? No. Listen to me. With all due respect, the American people are concerned about a health care system that is not providing choices, where premiums are going up, where there are insurance companies vacating markets all across this land, yeah. and that's what they want us to concentrate on, that's what they want us to fix, and that's what I and the President are working on. Why isn't the President devoted, as devoted, to, you, uh, devoted to this as you are? Oh, I think that he is. A a absolutely. The fact of the matter is that he can do more than one thing at, 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 at a time. And, and the challenge that he's put before us at the Department of Health and Human Services is to make certain that we not only just address the issue of this health care piece of legislation, but address the, the, the United States' role in the world as it relates to pandemic influenza, to address the United States' role in the world as it relates to research and development, to make certain that we're on the cutting edge of, of uh, the incredible innovation that's available to, to, to decrease human mm -hmm. suffering. Not just in the United States. That's the challenge that he's given to us. Okay. Secretary Price, uh, I don't think a lot of people envy sometimes the position uh, that the president puts you in. I understand that. Thanks for coming on. I appreciate it. Thank you. So I wish that these people could flat out say you're being manipulative, right? And maybe, yeah. maybe I'm contradicting myself because <laughs> that wouldn't be a professional approach. That would be more of a Brian Kareem approach. But Tom Price was being manipulative there when he was saying, listen, of all the important things that we could talk about, this is what you want to talk about on Meet the Press on this historic show. Okay, no. The thing is, is that's all Donald Trump does. Right. And if that's your criticism of Chuck Todd, then it should be times 10 your criticism of Donald Trump because yeah, he's it, the president of the United States and he's tweeting Reddit videos from <laughs> wrestling from mania. Racists. From a racist account. Right. And also the WWE. <laughs> White trash. It is not Chuck Todd who is taking away from the agenda of the President of the United States. It's the President of the United States who is doing that. Donald Trump can all day long talk about health care and tax reform. The wall. Immigration. All of these are in his power to consistently talk about. The problem is Donald Trump is a fucking dumb guy and policy isn't his thing. He's a moron. I I don't know if that's, I mean, that's for sure a part of it. <laughs> but I think that also he is obsessed with himself. Yeah. And 
being criticized. So if you think about this, his his life has been dedicated to maintaining this facade of importance and superiority with money and success. And again, it's a facade. And the press that he always received was positive because why does anyone care? He doesn't have an effect on anything. It's, he's not important. It's a reality TV game show. Host. Right. It's entertainment. His interviews were for entertainment purposes only. Well, that's not the case anymore. They you didn't actually, affect mil- hundreds of millions of people around the globe. Right. You actually have shit to do now. Yeah. And because of that, you're going to be criticized. It's just simple. The Justifiably criticized. That's what comes along with being the president of the United States. It's not just an entertainment, ha-ha, funny good time. Yeah. Right? Ha-ha, funny good time sounds like a real fun time. <laughs> Listen, Brittany, I really appreciate... A ha-ha, funny good time once in a while. Yeah, but but it's not. And so he's not used to this this coverage where he's being criticized. And he's consumed by it. And it's ripping him apart. And yeah. we're watching it happen. Well, before, listen, before I get to the next clip, which you led me into perfectly here, if it weren't for the fact that I want to play Donnie Deutsch calling Donald Trump a vulgar pig on MSNBC's air. But what you just led me to perfectly is Donald Trump's TV news, television watching regimen. They say that he watches five to six hours of TV per day. Listen, I do this for a living. And I don't watch five hours of television news per day. It's a lot. He's got other shit to do. We'll get to that next. You, you got me all a fucking a flitter, a Twitter, a Twitter, mm. a Twitter. Mm. Donnie Deutsch, and this kind of leads to who is media? Who is press? Whose responsibility is it when someone goes a little off the rails and says things that maybe do need to be said, but are intemperate, maybe, some would say. And here is a conversation that took place in the wake of the Mika Brzezinski and Joe Scarborough tweets. And it kind of lends itself to the conversation we were having earlier about that topic. Um, um, were you surprised by what you saw yesterday? No. For, first of all, you know, he picked the wrong schoolyard to come into. I have to tell you this. So, you know, I, uh, I'm not an employee of NBC, so I can, I'm going to go thug here, okay? I'm sorry, because Pika is a friend of ours. She's a good woman. She's a great mom. And he's a pig. He's a vulgar pig. And I find what's ironic about, it, you know, Michelle Obama says when they go high, we go, and when they go low, we go, when he goes low, I'm going low. You guys will take the high road. I'm going to take the low road. He's physically disgusting to look at. I mean, that's what I find ironic about the way he starts to always go after other people's physical attributes. So beyond the fact that he's obviously not well, and Joe and Mika have a great comment, he's clearly, forget, obviously, the obvious misogynism, the obvious vulgarity, the obvious stupidity. He's not mentally okay. And what, this is a man with nuclear codes. We have to start paying attention to it. And he's disgusting to look at. I, I know everybody's going to say, Donnie. But no, 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 no. This so, is, on so many levels. No, no. Let me tell you why it's not relevant. Because enough is enough. Enough is enough with this disgusting, vulgar man. And to talk about women that way, and the irony is that I can't, you, 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 you physically look like you do beyond the stupidity of it. God damn. You're a pig. You are you are a, you are a bully, 
and you are doing disgusting things to this country. But Donnie, doesn't it lower again? Yes, I'm forced to say for me, what you yes. said about his physical appearance. You know what? It absolutely does. And maybe it's time that we all stop tippy toeing. I'm taking the low <laughs> ground here. You know what? He goes after a woman that way. He goes after a friend that way. He is a vulgar human being. He's vulgar to look at. He's he's disgusting the way he behaves himself as the president. And I'm sorry. I probably won't be on this show again. But sorry. Put the shades. So. By the way, uh, if we had an award for like the non-asshole of the day, the the champion of the day, yeah. Oh, taking care of biz, we do have one. Yeah, Donnie Deutsch is taking care of biz. So the unfortunate thing about this is that um, he's seventy-one years old, so it's a little too late for that to have any yeah, sort of impact whatsoever. Right. Um, that might have been useful when he was, I don't know, eighteen. Yeah. Um, in his developmental years, yeah, knocked even him down a couple yeah. notches earlier, uh, but but it's too late, I think. Uh, one thing that I want to comment on: uh, <laughs> there's this article, "Cruella Did Trump," ri- oh, yeah. written by Maureen Dowd in the New York Times, and his comments. What's his name? Donnie Deutsch. Yeah, he just reminded me of it because a lot of people have been focusing on his comments about women and saying that he has a woman problem. But the thing is, he's an equal opportunity dick to everybody. Yeah, he's just a cock to everybody. It's not just women. He is actually mean to men, too, about their appearance. The Marco Rubio sweating. Um, Drinking water. Jeb Bush, Jeb Bush's glasses, I think he commented on. Uh, no, Rick Perry. Rick Perry's glasses, whatever. He, he talks about male appearances it, it was Rand Paul where he said, I haven't attacked you on your appearance, and trust me, believe me, there's a lot I could say, in effect, saying something. Right. So in this article, Trump's biographer, Michael D'Antonio, said when he was planning to run for president in 2014, he required males and females in his organization to get in shape. And back in the 90s, he would hand out tubes of Rogaine to male executives and say that the worst thing in the world is for a male executive to go bald. What the fuck universe does he live in? So the preferable method is to not accept reality on reality's terms and create a little hairball nest on your head and deny what is happening to you. (laughs) Yeah, That's the best way to go about things. It's dirty, sweaty, cotton candy atop his head. Stinky. I bet you it smells like cologne and goddamn spray tan. Okay. Cotton candy flavor. So I do want to have head. a conversation with you about this because you do not have an issue with what what Donnie Deutsch. Donnie Deutsch said. No. But you have an issue with Brian Kareem. Is it because it's different situations? It's because one was of the on op- TV. Well, because it one gives, was it gives uh yeah, maybe maybe that's a problem. I don't know. I'll have to think about that. I haven't thought about that. Maybe uh, maybe you got me, Brittany. I, I don't know. I, I'd have to think. Okay. Off, off hand, I mean, I'm not going to analyze it right now on the show in real time. Yeah. Because we got shit to get to and I got to end the show. I just, I want to point out some inconsistencies. Yeah, I, I don't mind that. I don't mind that. Okay. I just don't like giving the White House a narrative of, see, they want to create a, a, a soundbite that's going to go viral. They want to make themselves famous and blah, blah, blah. Right. And that's what they did inside the White House. That's why I had a problem with it. Yeah. Well, I also love. See how I just did that? I fucking analyzed the shit out of that on y- the spot. You did not. But 
Um, I, I do want to say that the Michelle Obama quote, when they go low, we go high, is so funny when you juxtapose that against what Melania Trump's response was to... He hits back 10 times harder. Yeah, or yeah. everyone's response to this, which is, well, you can't expect him to be criticized and criticized and not act like a child returning petty insults. Well, listen, I, I wouldn't expect everybody to go low. But you know what? That's why I'm here. That's why people like me and Donnie Deutsch are here to call Donald Trump a fucking coward, vulgar pig, like Donnie Deutsch said. Not the C word, Brittany. Ultimately to call him white trash. Fucking white trash. He is white trash. Just because you're worth $8 billion doesn't mean you're not fucking white trash. McDonald's and KFC stuffing down your fat fucking orange gullet, white trash. That is what he is. We have white trash in the White House. Okay. Adorned with gold to fancy him up. It doesn't work. You're still a fucking lousy, vulgar pig who abuses those who are beneath him on a social, whether it be money or, or status. He bullies because he can, not because it's necessary. Sometimes in diplomacy and geopolitics or politics in general, you bully to get something. He bullies for the sake of bullying. Fuck him. Sorry. I'm not sorry. Fuck him. It's a dis, it's dis, it's disgraceful what we are are suffering through right now. And look at those who support him. Not the people who are actually benefiting through TV time. Think about your neighbors. Think about those who continue to valiantly fly their Trump flag whether literally or figuratively. Think about who they are. That's Donald Trump. All right. Let's let's should we move on to the TV regimen, the five hour thing? Because this Please. really it does it's emblematic of who he is. Are you unhappy? I Or do you, do you don't want to contribute to my ranting and raving? Correct. All right. You could say President Donald Trump is always plugged in with flat screen TVs throughout the White House. TV comes first in the morning, notably Fox and Friends, and it's one of the last things he does before bed. I watched this morning a couple of the network, and I have to say, Fox and Friends in the morning, they're very honorable people. Trump loves seeing himself on TV too. He's been known to shush others so he could hear taped interviews he did and what's being said about him on TV. It's a television obsession like no other president before him. You're all better than that. Nurtured by his own experience in television as a reality TV star on The Apprentice. We've never had a team lose so badly. You're all fired. All four are fired. It's a useful tool for him, too. Early on during the campaign, he turned to TV to brush up on the military. Who do you uh, talk to for military advice right now? Well, I watch the shows. I mean, I really see a lot of great, you know, when you watch your show and all of the other shows and you have the generals. According to the Washington Post, the president is known to hate watch. 
tuning in to networks and shows that are anything but complimentary of him. Every network you see hits me on every topic made up so it's like Russia. The president watches so much TV, reportedly hours a day, that some members of Congress have started using it to get his attention. I know you're watching. Representative Elijah Cummings appealed directly to the president on Morning Joe. A day or so later, the Washington Post reports Trump called Cummings to talk about prescription drugs. As his advisor, Kellyanne Conway, put it, Donald Trump comes to the White House with a sophisticated understanding of how the power of television, the power of imagery, the power of message all work together. Randy Kay, CNN, New York. Donald Trump does not have a sophisticated understanding of a goddamn thing. White trash. Donald Trump has maybe a sophisticated understanding of his own... I can't, there's, I don't, maybe it's my bias. Donald Trump's not a sophisticated man. <laughs> you're not, you're not having a good time, Brittany. Well, I, I, this isn't necessary. The views and opinions expressed by Jesse Dollarmore are solely those of Jesse Dollarmore and do not reflect the views and opinions of Brittany Page who is a far superior person and much more measured and reasonable in her views and analysis. I just, I don't know, I don't know what is useful at this point. You know what I mean? Because if... Well, I need to blow if, off a little steam. Well, and no, I, I'm, I'm talking. So right. I, I don't... <laughs> if people are still defending Donald Trump, how can they be reached at this point? That's kind of where I, where I am. I... I, and I don't yeah. think that criticizing his, you know, grotesque looks, as Donnie Deutsch said, is going to convince them. I don't think that getting mad and calling him a coward is going to convince them. I don't know what's going to convince them. I don't know that I'm trying to convince them. I'm not even talking about you. Oh, I'm just saying, okay. I mean, you're looking at me as though I don't have anything to add. And I don't because... I don't know what to say about this anymore. And I'm, yeah. I honestly have been struggling a little bit the past couple weeks because it really makes me sad. I mean, it makes me genuinely sad that this is where things are. And I, I, I think that I think of myself as a pessimist sometimes. Hmm. And then when I get sad because I believe that people are better than this, I think I'm, I prove my pessimism wrong. I, I think I'm an optimist. I think I believe that people can be better than this, that they know better than this. And so I get very disheartened and, and confused by people continuing to defend someone who's tweeting out WWE videos and spending their time talking about the news when millions of people are going to lose their health care or he, when North Korea yeah. is sending missiles. He, he tweeted tonight about North Korea, about Kim Jong-un, and said something about, doesn't this guy have something better to do with his life? It's like, Here's, are you, why don't you look in the fucking mirror? Here is something I've never believed. When Donald Trump talks about an important issue, I do not believe that he genuinely cares or feels connected to the plight of others and that's problematic and I felt that way I felt 
that Barack Obama had that. And I believe George W. Bush had that. Yes, when you would when he would talk about something, you could feel that he meant it and that he felt connected to the issue yeah. and that he felt like he had a responsibility to the American people to make things right. And I do not get that when Donald Trump talks and I'm <laughs> I'm further uh supported in that view every time he chooses to talk about a fucking morning show host yeah over very important issues i mean i don't know well listen whether a morning show host calls him a liar which he is a liar he's a fucking liar whether they choose to do that that has no effect on the lives of hundreds of millions of americans your draconian health care bill does though Donald Trump, that does matter to people. That does affect their lives. Your tax bill that will pour billions and hundreds of billions of dollars into the pockets of the most wealthy Americans in our country, that does have an effect on, on people's lives. Morning Joe and what he says on his show, it doesn't matter. And I want to say, if anyone knows a Trump supporter that has changed their mind, um, and you've been able to engage them um, and disarm them. Get them on the show. <laughs> um, ask them what changed their mind. I'm really interested in this lately. Um, what changes people's minds? And so far, no one has told me that like being punched in the face changed their mind. Or <laughs> um, I don't think that works. Being called an asshole changed their mind. All it's, right. Now you're taking swipes at me. No, I'm not taking swipes at you. I I understand the anger. It, it's... It makes perfect sense. Yes. Well, listen, a lot of times, well, I'm always angry. I am angry about it. But I want to let the audience know they're not alone in their in their anger. In their, hopefully I can be an outlet, you know, screaming and yelling and calling him fucking names. You're not alone. I'm I'm here too. And it's not put on. I loathe this man. Oh, well... I'm going to, I have some videos. Oh, yeah. I've been secretly filming. I've written anthems of my love of Trump. Yeah. And I sing them around the house. There's another video that I could post. What, what are you even talking I about? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to ask. Yeah. What, what are you, are you just being, trying to be funny? Yeah. It's, it's not working. It's not. It's, I'm. It's hot in this room for one thing. I'm day. hot. I'm sad. <laughs> All right. Well, let's end it on that note. Let's end it on a sad, sad note. White trash. We love you guys. Thank you. What, what turned it, what was going to be a brief kind of, ah, we're just going to have a couple drinks. Yeah, we can't do brief shows. Every time you say to me, oh, we're going to do, and like, no, we're not. Yeah. That's not going to happen. This is longer than we've done in several episodes, though. We didn't even take calls or anything. How long? Well, hour 18. No, yeah. Mm-hmm. You know? Long time. Anyway, goddamn, we love you guys. Tune in. Follow us on Twitter. Check out on the Facebook page because we're going to do the call-in show. If you're going to be around and not doing the old Veterans Memorial Hero Fest slash Independence Day festivities tomorrow, then we would love to have you call in when we post about it because we want to be sitting here and take those calls It'll be experimental. We don't know how it's going to work. But if it works out, we'd like to do it on the reg. I think it would be a good time. So check that out if you want. If you have something you want to talk about, maybe address these issues in real time. We would love to do that. 
In the meantime, if you'd like to leave us a voicemail or a voice memo, 657-464-7609. Of course, I doubt it at dollamore.com for recorded voice memos from your smartphone. We love you guys. We appreciate each and every one of you, all of our Patreon supporters and our PayPal people, as well as the people who purchase on Amazon. All of that is so vital to us producing the show and moving the conversation forward with you guys. We love you, and until next time, for Brittany Page, I am Jesse Dollimore, and this has been I Doubt It. See how I just did that? I fucking analyzed the shit out of that on the spot. You did not, but... (laughs) 